You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Nineteen eighty-seven sure had its pop cultural significance. Touchstone albums from Michael Jackson with Bad, and as we all know, Bruce Willis's The Return of Bruno, <laughs> Lethal Weapon, and of course Jaws: The Revenge, and Team Wolf Two, and the number one movie for that year we remember was Three Men and a Baby. Ugh. With television, we had 21 Jump Street and Unsolved Mysteries premiered. And, of course, Charles in Charge went into syndication and got a whole new fan base. (laughs) We're all part of that, of course. Reaganomics and the first Persian Gulf War. We we go back there every few decades or so. Pastels and neon, leg warmers, tracksuits, Jordache jeans, no seatbelts in cars, smoking in restaurants. What a time to be alive. Yes. (laughs) And what a time it is now to make fun of that year through the lens of a Gen Z from 2023. 35 years after the shocking murders of three teens in a small town, an infamous mass killer returns on Halloween night to claim a fourth victim. When 17-year-old Jamie comes face-to-face with the mass killer, she, uh, nope. Accidentally time travels back to 1987 and is forced to navigate a very unfamiliar landscape. Uh, Jamie teams up with her teenage mother to take down the psycho once and for all. Totally killer takes Scream and mashes it with Back to the Future and I am here for it. I am TC Dewitt of the Screener (laughs) Squad and I am joined by my fellow children of the 80s, Chad. Uh, Totally radical, tubular. And Sarah Jane. Like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you too for joining me on this. I know that this was covered briefly for the Fantastic Fest coverage that Chris did, but I thought this deserved a Screener Squad conversation. If only for the time of year it is, because this is uh, definitely should be added to your Halloween viewing list. So thank you for joining me on this. What did you think of Totally Killer? Overall, I liked it. Like, I, I think it's a really good horror film in general. Like, it, it knows what it's doing. I think it spends a lot of time really forcing or really explaining the time travel angle. And I wish that was a little less clunky, but other than that, I like the fact that it, you know, they're like, Oh, back to the future. Got it wrong. You know, time is a river and you know, it flows up and downstream and to get, I I don't want to spoil it, but essentially there could be multiple killers, even though it's one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's one mass killer and it is a bit of uh, who is it? So much like scream where you're left wondering who's stabbing all these teenagers and why there's a little bit of that, but knowing that as it started, that that was the sort of movie it was going to be. I decided to just sit, back try to solve it and just just not try to figure out who it is i'm just gonna let the movie exist yeah 
I, I felt the same way. Overall, I liked it. I gotta say, I mean, I think we're all older here and we're, we're alive in 87. It would have been interesting to have someone who it was not around then. I myself graduated high school in 1987. Oh. So this is right when I was a teen. Did you feel and attacked? I, Did you feel attacked by this Gen Z girl? Well, you know, I was like the girl who was anti, what did they call themselves? The Andes? I was anti that group. The Mollies. The Mollies, that's it. I was thinking of Andy, because that's her name in uh, Pretty in Pink. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So you were more of an Ali Sheedy type? Yes. I wore Doc Martens. I listened to the Smiths. I had dark hair. And I was just totally not, I was the opposite of the Mollies. The Mollies. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I liked it. It was fun to see what the filmmakers thought of, of 1987. <laughs> and, I, I, you know, I think they got it pretty okay. I And, and TC talked about this a lot. We're in the, the era of the 80s are cool, right? Mm. Or at least that's where a lot of our current media is focused on. But I, I like this running thread at least uh, the younger generation looking at the 80s like it was some mystical far-off land where <laughs> there were no seatbelts and, like, no rules where, yeah, that is true. But then I think of, like, all the generations that came before us and, you know, would, like, live in asbestos and... Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? eating lead paint, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but, like, it's it's a common thread with media just crossing over to, uh, I don't know if this, there's a show you've heard of, Bluey, mm-hmm. if you have a kid out there. <laughs> But like there's a in the last season, there was an 80s episode where the dad tells a story and, you know, like he doesn't wear a helmet when he rides a bicycle and the kids are like, what? (laughs) And he was like, every time they like question him on it, like, why did you do that? And he was like, hey, man, it was the 80s. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I had that whole vibe going through this movie. I mean, we had a smoking section at our high school. Oh, my my God. (laughs) We did. I mean, I was never a smoker because um, my great aunt lived with us um, and they're all from England. So everybody smoked. And so I hated it because the whole house smelled like it. Like clothes smelt like it. And so I was just like, I am never smoking. But yeah, people would just at, at break time, lunchtime, they were just. Mostly like the stoners and the hard rock kids were over there, but yeah, they were just smoking it up. (laughs) Well, it's funny you would go to smoking in this conversation because the first 10-ish minutes of this movie that set up the premise, essentially, the first real joke the that landed and and left me like, oh, okay, I, I know the tone this is going for, was the smoking joke where she needs to get to the school, uh, Jamie... Travels back to 1987. She needs to get to the school. She asks this woman how to get there. She's like, I'll give you a ride. And she's like, I can't give a ride from you. You're a stranger. What are you talking about? Get in the car. What are you talking about? Windows rolled up. Hot box. Kids in the back seat. (laughs) Hot boxing with cigarette smoke. That was the first joke that truly landed up up to that point. Everything was, was verging on the serious side. It was a lot of like, mm, you don't understand me, mom. You're from a different generation. And it wasn't until she was thrust back to the 80s and that smoking joke came in. And then everything that followed played very 
tongue in cheek and, and funny and, and making fun of the 80s and looking 35 years in the past and, and being like, what is this? Don't don't touch me without permission. You you can't say those words Bro, to that's people. that's toxic masculinity. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, oh, yeah. That, there's the racism. Yeah. I was just waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> that's when the movie took off mm-hmm. for me. Up to that point, I was like, oh, that was this is fun. But as soon as she stepped out of the time machine... I was like, ah, oh, here we go. Here we Let's go. Let's talk about the time machine. Uh, well, there's three time machines in this movie because <laughs> the initial one, the one to fix it, and the one uh, th- th- there's a B plot in here, which I don't feel like I've seen used a lot. Where we see present day changing. They recently did this in the first episode of Loki season two, mm-hmm. where the river of time. Uh, updates in real time and that was a neat device yeah for them to yeah. to return to the present and keep that b plot going while she was stuck mm-hmm. back yeah. in time the, the the time machine yes chad go ahead oh no I, I i just you know instead of it being a delorean we had a uh old photo booth mm-hmm. like like some sort of arcade galaga machine and then the the you know that uh, whirly dervish top spinning thing you see at a cheap carnival and it <laughs> spins you so fast you just go against the wall and the thing lifts <laughs> yeah that's a time machine now i've never seen one covered like that i've only ever seen them like just wide open where you could you know if you were on the ground you could just see everybody going around in a circle i've never Are, seen do it. you live in the south in texas well where you don't have inclement weather i well, I mean, I grew up in Southern California, so again, n- not inclement weather very much. So yeah, Chad, Chad, I was I'm with you on that because my first thought was, well, we grew up in Wisconsin; they would run carnivals in the winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we need to put roofs on these things. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I thought of, I was just like, what is that? Get in, kids. Yeah. We got a space heater in the middle. If we all huddle in this big top <laughs> and spin fast, <laughs> it'll heat everybody up. Uh, meanwhile, we're we're just in shorts. You know, in December. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas time, it's like 82. You can ride your bike outside. I mean, we can drive up to the snow up at Mount Baldy. You right can there. visit it. <laughs> so, all right. So, our main character, Jamie, is played by Karen Shipka, who's best known for Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, but also. Ooh, Sally Draper. Come she's on. She's Sally Draper. That's right. She uh, started on Mad Men, and they lucked out by getting such a talented young actress Uh and she's only gotten better as her career's gone on she's she's great she handles drama really well she handles comedy really well she's a leading lady that's truly yet to have her breakout Mm -hmm. role and if this is a sign of where her career's going i'm just i'm just a fan of hers agreed i hope somebody uh some big director decides to uh put her in in a big film where she's seen because I, I think she's great. Yeah, yeah. Everything that you keep giving Chloe Grace Moretz, give it to Karen Shipka. Yeah, she's agreed. she's the better version of what you're trying to do here. Yes. There's a couple other faces in here, like Julie Bowen as her mother in present day. Randall Park is in here in the past as the sheriff. He's not utilized nearly as much as he should be. No, and I, I think that's where it gets a little messy for me is like I felt like the Randall Park stuff could have been stronger. Mm-hmm. A lot of his stuff had to deal with the protagonist being like, all right, have you seen Back to the Future? You know, that super popular film from three years ago. And it's like, no. And it just no. <laughs> it kind of falls flat from there. And like it, that sort of plot device works in other situations in this movie. But I felt like there the movie just kind of tripped a bit. 
and it had to explain it somehow. And she had to like try to at least stop it. Like I get why the scene exists. I just felt very clunky about it. And that was the mm. point where I'm like, all right, I like this, but it's not perfect. And I think it's trying really hard to be the thing that it wants to be. And I, I maybe it just doesn't have to, because mm-hmm. I feel like everything else works really well. I just wanted to to also mention Olivia Holt, who plays Kiernan Shifka's mom. Yeah, Pam. Yes, Julie Bowen plays her as the older. But yes, she was in, if you're a Marvel fan, she was in Cloak and Dagger. She was Dagger. That's cool. We were looking at her, my because my husband watched it with me, and I'm like, oh, where do we know her from? And mm-hmm. so I, Wikipedia, and I'm like, of course, she's Dagger. So she was in Runaways as Dagger, and then she did some voices as Dagger for, like, <laughs> Spider-Man. And yeah. uh, she's a voice in Across the Spider-Verse, even. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she she was good. I, I like her, and I hope that she also um, gets some more work. She's pretty great. Yeah, and, and to that point, from both of you, the supporting cast here is utilized really well for the younger generation, the 87 kids, the teenagers, that are just, our friend just died. We should have a party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the adult cast, that, such as Randall Park, that is mm, underutilized. There are some red herrings amongst the cast, adults, the teens, that juggles the two genres rather well. Yeah. Uh, it juggles the time travel genre really well by setting its rules and sticking to them. And the 80s, 90s slasher tropes are then in the mix, and it juggles those well. And then it becomes, can you mash these two well enough for your particular taste? So that if it does trip on itself, trying to land a joke, like trying to explain Back to the Future to Randall Park, (laughs) if it doesn't meet your taste, just give it a minute Mm -hmm. or two because it's going to get right back on track to what it is doing well. Real quick, shout out to, since you guys got to shout out a favorite actor or actress in this movie, uh, Jonathan Potts, who played uh, Dubasage. Dubisage. <laughs> uh, Douchebag yes. or whatever. Yeah. He was the professor in Jason X. If you remember the trailer, he was like, guys, he just wants his machete back. It's that dude. <laughs> it's okay. He just wants his machete back. <laughs> I don't want to go into too much more detail about the plot per se. You because- can because like it, it, you really, you just need to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And if Scream meets Back to the Future doesn't hook you, then forget it. It's going to be hard to get you to watch this, but it's very funny. It's got some good twists and turns and some surprises in it. I've recently watched two other time travel movies for reviewing here on the sites, and this stands out so far above in every conceivable way. It's having fun with all this genre bending, genre jumping. It's really impressive, but maybe not flawless. I don't know. Was there anything in this that took you out of it that left you going, no, thank you? Uh, no, I don't think it's it, its transgressions aren't. This mm-hmm. film has plenty of other redeeming qualities where a little hiccup like that isn't going to derail me. There are way worse movies out there that try to be an 80s, 90s slasher or try to be a time travel movie and don't come close. Mm-hmm. Just going back to earlier where some of the more adult versions of the characters weren't as good as the the their previous selves. But 
I, I honestly think like the kid cast in this was pretty good. And I know most of them really aren't kids, but I think the young adults, the Gen Z's in this did a pretty good job. You mean the 80s kids being played by Gen Z, just to be clear. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay, okay, great. great. Uh, now, uh, I, I apologize for how badly I'm going to be saying this name, but director of this is non... Not um, not, not going to work here anymore. <laughs> oh, come on. Sorry. <laughs> I think it's okay. like it's, it's okay. Nanachka Khan. N- yes, there you go. Nanachka Khan. The other movie she did that I really liked was Always Be My Maybe, which was a send-up of 90s rom-coms. And so I feel like she's got a real handle on playing with tropey genres, playing with the tropes, and finding a fun new perspective on it. I, I really like her style. If I could sell this movie on one other thing, I love Happy Death Day 1 and 2. I love those movies. I'm always recommending them. If they never made a third, I would very gladly pop this one on as the third part of this trilogy of of smart-ass, snarky, cool, blonde teenager (laughs) traveling through a time discrepancy. I don't know if you two have seen either of those movies, but I I highly recommend them. So, yeah, it's great to see uh, this combination of talent, director, cast, the script, just working so well together. And the fact that this movie came out on Prime with no fanfare, nobody's talking about this. It's a shame. That sucks. Which is why I want to do this review in the first place, because here I am glowing over it. Just watch this movie. I'll keep it as simple as that, and I'll just throw a rating on it. Obviously, I loved it. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10 fringe jackets. Oh, you stole my Oh, thing. oh, well, here. I, 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 <laughs> no, it's all right. No, no, I'll travel. You I go just ahead. jump back in the time machine, jump in the photo booth here, and uh, you, can, you can have a rating. <laughs> no, you can <laughs> okay. yours. Uh, anyway, Sarah, go ahead. Why don't you? Um, I really had a lot of fun with it. There were, as you guys were saying, just some kind of nitpicky things. I think my issue with it, and it's really not that big of an issue, was when they when they went back in time, it was kind of hard to decipher who was who. Because you didn't really learn the names of the people as adults. Mm-hmm. And then when they were younger, for a second, it was just like, well, wait a minute, who is that? And then, oh, okay, she was the sheriff. And it took me a minute to figure out who was who, what was going on. But that's kind of nitpicky. Kiernan Shipko was great. Everyone was great. I mean, it's like totally killer movie. <laughs> um, although I did only give it three stars on Letterboxd. So that's a good for me. All my ratings start out with three stars. And then depending on how bad it is, it could go down or it could go up. So it's a good. So here I'm giving it, well, I was going to give it 7 out of 10 totally bitchin' leather fringe jackets. (laughs) (laughs) Let's, and we didn't talk about it, so I'll I'll talk about it now. But the look of the killer, that's always a big staple of your 80s, 90s killer, like Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger. Like, there's a look, right? Yeah. And... I don't think we're going to get, you know, 18 sequels out of this movie to have like an iconic character, like being the zeitgeist forever with this look. But I think I, I, I like the idea of the character. It still has the the blank black eyes that your your Voorhees or your uh, Michael Myers has or, or Ghostface. It's got a look. It's copied because in all these other horror movies, too, they'll do self-referential uh, treatments and they'll have like the community dress up as 
the killer because that's what the community is famous for. Well, let's mm-hmm. lean into it. So, yeah, I really liked that they had a look and it, it was just I'm always just I applaud horror movies that take a chance to be something other than just a horror movie. Cause I feel like TC, that's what we try to do with our own stuff. Yeah. Not that you can't just make a straight horror anymore. Like you can, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like uh, myself, TC included and a handful of other people play in a different sandbox and, and like to fuck around a little bit. So this movie was definitely worth uh, the watch. So I'll I'll give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> fucking vomit tops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong, Chad. It's the tropiness. Some people love the tropiness and cliches of the slasher genre, but I really feel like after Cabin in the Woods came out, which was sort of an indictment on the repetitive, derivative nature of the slasher genre. Mm-hmm. It challenged people to do more, do better, take this to a different place. Don't just keep treading the same ground over and over again. And yet we keep getting these standard machete-wielding psycho killer. And it's so rote. It's so boring for me. So I love that movies like this find new angles to come at the slasher genre with. Yeah, I just don't think the genre can grow. Or your audience definitely can't grow if you're just doing the same thing that was done 30 years ago. And again, and again, there's an audience for that. People love those midnight massacre murder movie marathons. That's the same schlocky stab murder kill stuff. But I'm very tough on this genre. You had me at time travel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, totally killer. <laughs> Well, thank you, guys. Thank you for joining me this for this review. For those listening, please give this movie a watch. Please. On Prime, tell your friends. Make this part of your Halloween rotation this year. If only to then come to our Facebook page, the oneofus.net Facebook page, and go to this post and let us know what you thought of this. Thank you, everyone. And until, until next time, uh, 80s theme song exit music. <gasps> uh, you know, that's one thing we didn't get was a good banger from Huey Lewis in the news to oh, get us out of this movie. Right. Gotta, Gotta go, go back, back in time. In time. <laughs>